Welcome to the catch up. What's up, everybody? It's Eli from Food Beast, and I'm joined with Costa. Hey, how's it going, y'all? And Evan Lancaster. What's up, guys? And you realize I never say your last name because I still can't pronounce it? It's totally fine. Costa Spyro. Pretty close. What is it? It's like the dragon, Spyro. Spyro. Oh, oh shit. damn. I didn't even. <laughs> I never realized you, that. Your parents named you after a PlayStation game? Uh, no, the PlayStation game is named after me. Okay, Costa, get him, <laughs> Okay. Costa. Well, on today's uh, podcast, we're going to be, uh, we decided it's like a little over mid-year, and every year we launch the year with like a food trend forecast, and Costa did a great one this year. It's a top hit on Google. Uh, quick pat on your back. Out here flourishing. You, we out here flourishing. Out here flourishing. So we're going to go through, Insta. we're going to go through uh, eight eight topics this year and we'll see um we'll see where we're at with that and see uh if it really is a food trend what we think about it in the future and uh i went because evan told me that zima is now in stores yeah actually i broke the news a couple weeks ago that walmart would be carrying zima um on or before july 4th they're doing a national drop after a decade of hiatus so zima is a, a malt as Liquor. malt beverage, it was like it existed back in the '90s. A lemon lime malt beverage. Um, I've never tried it. So I remember I'm, seeing commercials for it growing yeah. up, but I never could have it. I was too yeah. young, and it just looks so refreshing. Yeah, it's yeah. super. It looks super refreshing. It looks. I mean, like ba- you look back on like 90, 1990s nostalgia, and it looks completely ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I like the. Uh, I like. I like the nostalgia factor. I I, I want to try it soon, but so, yeah, we don't a, have Zima right now. I was a freaking baby in the nineties. I have no idea what Zima was until Evan wrote about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm glad I could. Yeah, Costa was awesome. born five years ago. He's just a genius. Actually, the, uh, started at food when piece. I rediscovered Zima still existed and was not completely discontinued, was uh, when I discovered it in Japan a little over a year ago uh, after searching Reddit. And I found that it was like just in Seven Elevens and other like quick shop markets in 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 Japan, and it was like um, it was hot still, and they still did marketing. Molson Coors still did marketing for it. Um, Who did marketing for it? Molson Coors is the distributor. So, okay. Yeah. Just um, so I tried to find some, and I couldn't. I went to two liquor stores just now, and I couldn't find the Zima. But instead, while I was searching, I found Four Loco. Yeah, I'm sure you can definitely <laughs> okay, so, loco But it's like this new can, and it's called the Blue, or it's called the Mofo Bartender Series. Mofo no, Bartender? No, it's called the Bartender Series, and there's there was a Pink Scorpion flavor, and I got that for you, Ev. Thanks. And it says uh, Pink Scorpion on it, and it's really awful artwork. Yeah. And it's just a scorpion, <laughs> and then mine is Blue Mofo, and it's a middle finger-pointed Costa, I got you also a blue mofo. I just cracked yeah. one. I wonder if and it smells. Have you ever had a four loco? No. Okay, so I'm sad that you won't have ever have the original four loco. Yeah, the it was like it was yeah. like it's banned. Yeah, yeah, because it incorporated malt liquor and caffeine in one beautiful drink. Yeah, and beautiful uh, drink. Mark shaking his head. Mark hates. We both. We had we both got really fucked up on Four Loco growing up. I've drank some Four Loco in my day. Um, I remember when it first came out and there was uh, hashtags on Twitter. This was before Instagram. It was even really popular, and it was that poison. You could search that like a hashtag that poison on Twitter, and <laughs> Four Loco tweets would come up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so Dang. bad. Yeah. So I just so, have you. Do you do I'm I not. Have, you're not even gonna have any. Yeah, it's not five o'clock yet, so it's twelve fourteen in the afternoon. That makes it fair for me. But I, okay, so I just had a sip of it. Oh, okay, so it's like a blue raspberry with the outer tinges of gasoline. Oh, that's oh, yep. okay. fantastic. Yep. You know, like when you get a gasoline fume like through your nose when you're pumping. Yeah, that's the after feel and taste. It's ten percent alcohol by volume, so yeah, yeah. it probably so, has a little bit of a bite. Yeah, we're gonna be faded by the end. So of this. basically, or I am. No one's drinking this except <laughs> basically, me. This like you're gonna get stung by a scorpion, or you just want to flip off the can. Essentially, like the uh, <laughs> the scorpion and the middle finger. It's like kind of this kind of one weird. and the same. It's like it's an angry drink. Like yeah, down to the can itself. <laughs> it's a fucking middle finger pointed at you. You're probably wanting to flip off the can, or you feel like you just got stung by a scorpion in the mouth if you drink <sighs> the pink scorpion or the uh, blue mofo. Let's get into these trends. Let's make sure we're fucking uh, telling the people in the world what we need to talk about. Grocery. Grocery is huge right now. Mm-hmm. And online grocery specifically. No. Amazon just bought Whole Foods. 
Yeah, that's been something that's been buzzing. We're talking about what's the future of grocery. Are we going more online now? Are we going more delivery? Are we going high tech? What's happening? So that wasn't on your trend report earlier in the year. We didn't think grocery. I still don't think grocery is going to be an online thing anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's growing for sure. And, you know, the Amazon Whole Foods thing was such a bombshell that I don't think anyone was expecting coming. We knew Whole Foods wanted to sell, but to Amazon, that was a little crazy. But back Why? on... But you're saying it's growing. I'm saying it's growing. There's predictions from CNBC and other places that grocery sales, it's not a lot of growth, but they say online grocery should be around 20 to 25% of the market share by 2025. That's so, so long. Yeah, it's such a long way away, and it's not going to be a huge portion of the industry. However, you're still going to have a lot of growth in that particular sector just within it. But compared to the rest of grocery, not by that much. I don't think that's enough growth to even call it a trend. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Amazon buying Whole Foods was interesting, but the idea of us buying our groceries online and becoming dependent upon online stores to get our groceries is not there this year. It's not there next year. Like this growth of 25% of our groceries will be bought online by 2025 is not a trend. That's, that's yeah. slow as shit in our like, yep. you, I mean, look at the way Amazon put like brick and mortar out of business on the retail front. Because they oh, understand oh. that like Amazon with online sales and that it's a whole other thing because it's much more convenient to get all of your stuff from one single online retailer yep. and get it all delivered. However, with grocery, there's a lot more into why you want to go to a brick and mortar than just looking at the stuff online. Yeah. Because there's like things about quality that you would want to check. You'd want to compare prices, do all these other things. And, you and can't. I don't trust, you don't trust Amazon to compare those prices for you. I exactly. mean, you hope long term that they can get the prices down. But even so, buying groceries is such a... Uh, an in-person thing, I feel. Mm-hmm. But and it's like a core of what we've done for such a long time. And, you know, I think it's going to grow in high-tech areas, sure. San Francisco, delivery will go up for sure. Los Angeles, possibly. But I think outside of that, the rest of the United States is not ready for online grocery to yeah. be such a huge part of their lives. San Francisco is a terrible thing to – San Francisco is a terrible place to run a case study. On yeah. anything, right? Those people aren't of normal. Like when your average home price is like one point two five million, or that's the low end. Like you're not. That's not an average. That's not an average customer base. So like that, uh-huh. just because it works there, doesn't mean it's going to work anywhere else. Um, no. And so, I, my my, I'll throw my hat in the ring saying grocery is not a huge trend. Like I think, gro- uh, sorry, online grocery is not a huge trend. I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, I I appreciate the fact that I can go in the store and do my thing. I, even though it's kind of convenient, I don't find myself wanting to buy groceries online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is again, the thought of 20 to 30 year olds. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but okay. Next up, this wasn't on your original list either, but I'm noticing this, mm-hmm. that fried chicken is the new bacon. Yeah. So I had actually had a little mention of fried chicken, but I wasn't saying like fried chickens, you know, on a meteoric rise. Like, you mentioned breakfast foods, right? And you I said mentioned it was crispy, crispy breakfast foods, and so you alluded to fried chicken. Yeah, my big thing was I was expecting fried chicken to jump a lot more into breakfast. Mm. Now, Chick-fil-A already had it, mm-hmm. and I think Jack in the Box came out with a brunch sandwich that was a fried chicken earlier this year. So you're seeing it starting to happen in some of these breakfast areas. And I yep. mean, you have you know one of the classic breakfast combos here in the U.S. is chicken fried steak. So. Yeah, and so I did a bit of research, and I noticed that on Instagram, different foodie Instagrammers, foodie influencers, are breaking the, the Instagram algorithm by posting up pictures of fried chicken. And here's what I mean. The average fried chicken post has more engagement and likes than any other food post right now. And this is, I mean, this is cold from 15 different influencers that I, that I just went through, and I saw... Uh, I, w- I would rate, I'd see five different photos of different food. And if, if chicken was in, in that list, then it was exponentially more likes. And so I'll, I feel like I should write a think tank on that. Yeah, I think, you know, us as a nation, fried chicken is our most popular or one of our most popular dishes. So anytime you post something that's a fried chicken and it looks awesome and tastes delicious, you're going to draw a lot more people 
to who you are and what you do because you're now you know familiarizing yourself a lot more with them because a lot of foodie Instagrammers they'll post crazy cool items that tend to be in their area right. and it's not something that's as accessible but you post up a picture of fried chicken everyone can love that I wonder why that is though do you think fried chicken has some of the same allure that bacon did five ten years ago I think fried chicken's had the same allure across all time as bacon has had I think fried chicken is just been that popular in the United States. But I think I, I, th- I want to say more like in the taboo realm of, of health consciousness. For example, like when you when you when people talked about bacon five to ten years, and still to this day people are still talking about bacon, the idea is that, oh shit, I shouldn't be eating bacon every day. Yeah, but there's, there's, there's alternatives. Mm-hmm. You could eat like a turkey bacon or right, other but types of bacon. Just like there's alternatives to fried chicken. You can have, you know, roasted chicken, things like that. Yeah, but you don't see like the crazy engagement on your, in- I'm, I'm talking strictly fried chicken mm-hmm. and strictly the engagement. So this is purely cosmetic what we're talking about right, right now. So when you're putting it on Instagram, this is a way, this is a pro tip and a pro hack on how to hack your Instagram algorithm. Put up photos of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is if you put up bacon it's not as sexy as it once was mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know why that is but i feel like the taboo is still there for both a lot of people aren't eating fried chicken every day maybe it's just like the timelessness of fried chicken mm-hmm. um, yeah. it can be like fried chicken is always pretty much like wherever you go whether it's chick-fil-a raisin canes i don't really think that there's that much of a distinction between seasoning and frying a piece of chicken like it's pretty much you can't really mess it up like pizza like Mm. it's always going to be like like savory salty and it's always going to have a nice little crunch that you're looking for it's not going to vary too much between where you're going to go so maybe it's just like the aesthetic will always carry the joy that comes with eating fried chicken i think something else to keep in mind maybe why fried chicken explodes so much nowadays is like what we've done to bacon over the years in which we've literally put bacon on everything. Mm-hmm. Every single, like, I, can, I can't name a country off the top of my head that doesn't have some variation of fried chicken. Do Lebanese people have fried chicken? We do, yeah? Okay, I'm looking at Mark. Yeah. Mark giving me a yes that we have fried chicken. I, I mean, when I go to Lebanon, though, it's not like, it's not a top item yet, but um, I think Actually, it's getting there. But yeah, it's in sandwiches. Mm-hmm. It's in fried chicken. It's on a churro. Um, Mm -hmm. It's great. So, I mean, I'm just looking at this is incredible. We have to do an article on this because it's it's literally cracking the code on Instagram right now. And so understanding what that means for people, like why are they engaging with the chicken? Because it's not very inventive. You're looking at a chicken sandwich, a fried chicken sandwich. They're not inventing anything particularly unique. It's not colorful. It's not colorful. By design, it's not colorful. But it looks it looks delicious. Yeah, but I think that just because we know, I mean, just because we know that fried chicken is delicious, we all obviously love fried chicken. Sure. Once we see it, we're just gonna be like, "Damn, that looks good." We're gonna press like. Yeah. Like no yeah. one's gonna no one's gonna be like, "Oh fuck that! That chicken looks disgusting." Yeah. Like you know, that's never gonna happen is with it fried. Kind chi- of like when you okay, so the same idea with bacon. I don't know why I keep bringing it back to bacon, but if I see like fried chicken in your feed, Ev, I'm like. You know what, man? I can, I'm not gonna eat fried chicken right now because I'm just like on this half and half diet, right? right. But I'm like, mm-hmm. let me let me throw like Evan's way for like, yo, doing it for the both of us, yes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what fried chicken gets a little bit, and that's why it's like that. That might be why the underlying re- reasoning of why it's getting so much engagement online. Maybe it's people mm-hmm. are just. Um, I'm gonna use the example of just following the leader because if. Mm. Super influencers on Instagram, like, are going to Raising Cane's or just this random food hall chicken spot and taking photos of it. Those photos are going to pop up on the location tabs and they're going to fall under the fried chicken tabs and foodie Instagrammer tags. And maybe people see that those photos are getting heavy likes. Yep. And they're going and doing the same thing because they know that it's just going to equal more engagement. Okay, Evan. Okay, Evan. So you just uncovered a big truth, right? 
some Instagrammers in our circle won't admit this, but I asked why I was seeing so many Raising Cane's photos because I've been to Raising Cane's. I was like, all right. Specifically thinking about Raising Cane's as I'm saying this. Yep. So continue. So, so it's like, it's a, honestly, it's like a five out of 10, six out of 10. It's just I've not never that had good. Raising, Raising Cane's. Cane's. I can't, I, full disclosure, I've never had it. Same yeah, I've had, so it, I've had it I twice. Okay. I've had it twice and it's not memorable. Chick-fil-A or Raising Cane's? Chick-fil-A. Okay. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. And I don't even like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Mark Have you had Raising Cane's more? You've had Raising Cane's, you like it? Out of 10, go. Out of 10. Eight. Seven, eight. Okay, so seven and eight. Strike. Mark is a harsh critic. Strike Mark, one. Mark, Mark knows what he likes and he goes for it. Um, okay, so back to the point. Some Instagrammers, I was asking them, why do you keep going to Raising Cane's? Like, you go anywhere you want. You eat at all these fancy places. Like, it's the likes. Damn. They're getting the engagement on these Raising Cane's photos, which are these... Over high contrasted shots of fried chicken and fries, and I think they have the bread garlic of some bread sort. or something yeah. like that. Like yeah. Toast, and, yeah, and yeah. and it's just beautifully spread out, and they just do it for the likes. I mean, you know, they're not eating that every day, and yeah. it's not that good. Yeah, I there's a raising canes, uh, a couple exits from my house in Orange County, and literally the line on Sundays because Chick Fil A is closed goes halfway down the main street. Damn. People love that fried chicken. Yeah, because they're capitalizing on a day that... Chick- Yo, that's interesting data if we yeah. can find out. Does Raising Cane's exponentially jump on a Sunday because they're and there's like, a Chick-fil-A right across the street. You said that's in where? In that's or- in Orange Costa County Mesa? off of, um, I believe it's like... Costa Mesa, Santa Ana? Harbor, maybe? That's it's funny. Harbor. Because in my hood in Orange, same shit. Chick-fil-A, and in the same shopping center, there's a Raising Cane's. Wait, did we just uncover like a potential... Is that where Raising Cane's is placing their locations? Right next to Chick-fil-A to fuck with them on Sundays? Oh, we need to go investigate that. Okay, coming to terms, baby. All right. All right. Um, Well, okay, so I think... I think fried chicken, it's, it's, it's going to sound really naive to say it's a trend because, yeah, we know fried chicken has been around for years. People have loved it for years. But when we say trend right now, for this particular topic, I'm talking about an Instagram, very visual trend. I would say for Instagram, I would say it's a resurgence. I'd say it's a huge trend right mm-hmm. now. I think, you know, yeah, I would go ahead and say it, it's a trend for 2017 is fried chicken. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'll have to echo those sediments from both of you because I think every time I see fried chicken on my on my Instagram, I'm like, yo, like, let's go get some fried chicken. Right. So, I mean, I, I think I see just because I'm so, I mean, maybe not everybody's, obviously not everybody's Instagram feed is going to look like ours. Right. Sure. So I'm no, following true. foodies like true. All, true. all day. And so it's like, yeah, probably five, six out of ten photos Probably something like fried chicken, tater tots, something like that. Tater so, tots. Let's talk about that real quick. And quick update. I'm at uh, 50% of my four loco. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. You feel like warm? Yeah, I feel warm. Um, I mean, it could be hot in this room because we turn the AC off whenever we record, but it's also real nice. Mark, you want to taste this four loco? My guy. Okay, never mind. Uh, okay, but the last point we'll talk about right after fried chicken, uh, not last point of the podcast, stay tuned, baby, we're, it's going. Uh, stay tuned. Is uh, tater tots. Ev brought up tater tots. And in my research, fried chicken is number one. Tater tots is number two for Instagram clickbait. Okay? And so here's the hotness. You could put up the wildest shit you've ever seen, right? We just put up a cotton candy ice cream burrito, wild shit. You want to talk about more engagement? Tater tots covered with cheese. That's it. Tater tots, nacho cheese. I will link to three or four Instagram photos from people that aren't food beasts, and you will see that they're exponentially more engaging of photos than all the crazy shit that they put up. And this is just tots and cheese. No other things loaded. No other thing. So one photo had jalapenos on it. So why do you guys think that is? I haven't seen one. I haven't seen a tater tot photo on either of you guys' Instagram. But, Yo, yeah. but I why mean, do you think that is? I, by full disclosure, I think I have one. Um, I took one with like the, well, just tater tots. Whatever. Is, what, what's the last tater tot photo you took and how did it do? Um, okay, let's see. I usually average about, I'm going to go out here and say like 80 likes a photo. Like after <laughs> I kind of. How'd you get on this podcast, player? Duh. <laughs> I'm playing. Well, actually, they weren't they weren't tater tots. They were wedge cut fries. So I have to okay, retract. Okay, how did wedge cut fries do? Because that's also pretty fire. Um, 
it didn't do that hot compared to a couple other ones. It got Damn. only it only got seventy. So I'm really adding nothing to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, follow me. That's that fuego on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don't worry, we'll edit that out. <laughs> Uh, full disclaimer, yeah, I've actually don't go and get tater tots on the regular. Like, I've barely had tater tots in my life. Maybe like five or six times I've actually eaten tots. You're missing out. Do you not like tater tots? No, I love tater tots. It's just that it, for some reason it's not something that I regularly go out and eat. Mm-hmm. It's because I usually just bake them at home and put stuff on top and, you know, things like that. Yeah. But back to the point, I feel like maybe that has some correlation with like the fried chicken. Like you can't fuck that up too much. So here's where you can fuck it up. So we'll give a a little bit of introspection into how to take a really good Instagram food photo. If you're just interested in the likes, if you don't give a shit by all means use Instagram and have fun with it. Uh, If you have an Instagram tater top photo and it's in say a carton of tater tots, how they usually come and as a topping of some sort, whatever the topping, cheese, whatever, make sure you let some tater tots show up in the photo. Mm. People fuck it up and they put like, say it's just cheese on top and they cover the whole thing and only one tater tot shows through. The point is you want people to remember that it's tater tots and cheese, not just cheese or two macro a shot and it's just, you don't get the tater tot through. The, the person, you gotta understand how someone looks at shit in the feed. Right. Right, they're just flipping through. They're flipping through. So if it just looks like macro shots of cheese really punched in, it doesn't really do it for anyone. Mm-hmm. But people have to understand that tater tots are underneath there. So that's like a good like compare contrast of yeah. the two. I've seen the same thing. Have you seen the same thing with fries as well? Yeah. Like, like I loaded think fries? It resonates really well with loaded fries as well because mm-hmm. people have an affinity towards French fries. And if you're calling something a French fry, like a loaded French fry dish topped with cheese – sauce whatever it may be if you can't see the fries you're you're blowing it that's why a lot of instagrammers cheat it so what they do is they put more fries around the perimeter around the circumference of whatever their dish is um that's the key to doing it because if you're calling it a french fried dish of any sort and you don't see the french fries you're fucking up yep you you only the let the french fries be the star and people will get it Right. Food with Michael gave me a tip. He he photographed this photo of potato wedges from McDonald's, right? right Somewhere right. in uh, in Italy, whatever. Potato wedges. What he does is he takes super simple. This should not get a lot of engagement on Instagram. He takes all the fries out, all the potato wedges, and he puts them back in one by one. Oh, one so potato wedge. Oh. So he layers them so you can see every fry individually. Because people just need to know that the fries exist where people will just haphazardly sometimes take a photo of it, however McDonald's produces it for you. Right. I wonder if there's some, uh, like, relationship to, like, a pattern that the fries create, like, Mm. an aesthetically pleasing pattern because they're all going the same direction. He's fitting them in like a a Tetris box, essentially. For sure. So it's like maybe, like, we're attracted to seeing that, like, that uh, continuity of, like, a complete pattern or something like aesthetically like um where because like most of the time when you get a box of fries from mcdonald's it's like a bunch of fries just stuffed in half of them are spilling out of the box and that's like we don't we don't ever like look at our fries like we might look at a burger or something like that we just like start eating them yeah so maybe there's something to that what he's doing that subconsciously we're relating to like oh that looks prettier than I normally would think it looked. When people make fun of food Instagrammers, I want to tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Because the same way, this you bring up a great point, Ev, because the same way that people use Instagram to show the best parts of their day or their best outfit right. or the best time of day where you your face looks the freshest. Or the light, the natural lighting right? is hitting it. It's yeah. just all Instagram is is the best part of this one moment in your life. Mm-hmm. So the same thing is happening on food. Like if you're going to be a food Instagrammer, why would you take a photo of it, McDonald's fries the way the person behind the counter is just trying to shovel it out to you? Yeah. You'll fix it up. Mm-hmm. The same way you would fix your makeup when you're taking a photo of yourself. Or yeah, like when the, you're just a selfie Instagram. Wiping your mouth off if you drank coffee or hot yeah, chocolate or something. Exactly. Like, I've you become know? a lot more like aware of that. So when I started taking photos, I actually will go around and change angles or change actual positions of things within say it's like a burger I'll go and change 
the position of things within a burger to make sure everyone can see everything. Right, right. And it seems a little extra at the time, but really when it comes down to it, you are just trying to remember a moment and share a moment with someone. And why would you share a shitty moment? You don't. You wouldn't put up a photo of yourself if you thought it looked terrible. No. Why would you do the same if your brand is putting up food photos? Like that's your art. That's what you're doing for fun. When I went to uh, when I went to Costco to uh, break the news on the Costco cheeseburger in Southern California, God bless you. You're doing God's work right yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Like uh, I went there and they gave me the burger and. Um, like, as I'm taking photos of it, everybody in the food court is, like, looking at me like, who is this, like, dumbass taking a photo of a Costco cheeseburger in 30 different angles? <laughs> like, every... Little did they know. Th- 300 people literally in line for the Costco food court outside. Every single one of them is, like, giving me dirty looks. Like, just, like, laughing, like, pointing at me. And I'm just like, y'all don't even know. Y'all tripping, like... You're gonna have this burger, and you're gonna you're, okay. you're gonna read my article. So. That's literally what just happened to me. I was in Las Vegas for a convention, and I went around to a bunch of different eating spots to get pictures. And I was like, you know, that guy who's like repositioning plates of food, repositioning the food. Yeah, people within. look at you like you're crazy. Oh, people like, came up and straight up like were like cracking jokes to be about it. They literally came up and talked to me about it. <laughs> it wasn't about the food, Coastal. Let me break it to you. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure it was fun. What was one of the jokes? Can you share one of the jokes or are you too crude? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, one of them was like... Um, you know, they were just like, you know, making like snide comments about what I was trying to do. So it was like, make sure you get it in the natural lighting or something they said like that? that while I'm like indoors or something like so that. So they fucking yeah. know. Really they know. <laughs> they know what's up. They know what I'm doing. I like I like to take photos of I have this the iPhone 7 holla and I got the um, <laughs> I got the depth effect on there. So I like to take all my photos of like me holding the item in my hand right in front of me. That's like what I'm going for for most of the time. Don't you worry that depth effects going to show off how small your hands are? Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. uh-huh. oh, oh, oh. All right. Thanks for watching the catch up. <laughs> That's a wrap on the catch up, y'all. All right. So I'm out right now, but. <laughs> but no, I was outside the Food Beast office and I'm taking a, a, a picture of this submarine sandwich that I got from C4. And I'm like holding it up in the air and I can't really get the good angle. Some dude outside smoking a cigarette was like, Man, you got to get a plate. Show that natural beauty. And I'm like, thanks, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I know how I want to take the photo. And I'm like, thanks, man. Like, I appreciate yeah, it. Don't you follow me on Instagram? For That's that fuego. I was like, I'm that's that fuego. Follow me, old man. Like, And then you got your 201 followers. Yeah. And then I got my 87th follower. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's fucking crazy, though, because we do go to great lengths to do it. But then when people are when people are cynical about how great lengths we go to take good food photos i'm like i've seen you go to three different rooms to find out the best fucking shadows on your face when you're taking your selfie like get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. so that's we're gonna stand up for foodies on this podcast you're here 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 hey 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 costa that's costa's just out here flourishing just check out his instagram hey. so i think um I went, I literally, we're going to listen, someone's listening to this podcast, they're going to remember that we said, hey, one quick thing about Tater Dots, and then 20 <laughs> minutes later. Uh, okay. Next thing, yeah. So the next thing, uh, the next thing is plant-based foods. Costa, you, met, you went out on a limb and said plant-based foods are going to be huge this year. I have to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was predicting that basically two major companies were going to continue to be on the rise. That's Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Mm -hmm. Beyond Meat is now in veggie grills all across the nation. They're in a whole bunch of other places, and they're in grocery stores. Here's why I love Beyond Meat. Uh, Beyond Meat, one of their reps came in. We met him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Really cool guy. Came in and brought in a bunch of product for us. And I've already had the product because he heard that I like the veggie grill integration. I love the the veggie grill burger. Um, And it's all... it's all natural. It's entirely veggie based. And he brought in, not only did he bring in a bunch of patties for us to have, he also brought in other products that he really likes that he has no affiliation with. So he brought in, this is the best, we had, someone has to write an article on this. It's the best pretzel bread I've ever had. It's, I use it for everything. It's a pretzel bread. I believe it's in Whole Foods and they market it and merchandise it next to, huh? Show off. What pretzel bread? No, Whole Foods. I, oh, trust me, I'm still on the same batch he gave me for free. I haven't bought any myself. Uh, 
Pretzel bread. Keep it's going. pretzel bread, and it's fire. I should have the name of it, but it's still it's it's amazing. And he brought it in. He was like, "Listen, man, I, I know you like my product. I want to show you other products that are going to go really well with this." So I made the the burger, uh, and then I also used his protein. Br- uh, it's a it has a little higher protein than normal, mm-hmm. but it's his pretzel bread, and it's fan. Fantastic. So I like a brand that's that confident in their product that they want to show you other ways to eat it. It's smart. It's smart yeah. marketing. It's and not yeah. anything. What's really cool them. is that actually both of the plant-based burger brands are doing that. Beyond Burger, they did it with us. Mm-hmm. Impossible Foods does that by having a bunch of top-name restaurants in different areas of the country use it. Use it, mm-hmm. and now they're beginning to put it into other areas, other restaurants as they continue to grow. Hopefully, get into grocery stores soon. Hurry up, guys. Um, Yo, Evan just did the most fucking stupid (laughs) shit I've ever seen. The most fucking pop star, I'm on a podcast with 200 listens a week shit. He's been eating a banana the whole time and he he fucking peeled it, put it on the table and looked at Mark and was like, hey, can you get rid of this banana? Take care of my lightweight, dog. Take care of my shit. And Mark goes, you're fired. (laughs) Mark. (laughs) Little does Evan know, Mark has the power to fire you. (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh, sorry because yeah i completely agree talking with them talking with impossible foods they appreciate uh what's the other one in the the beyond me oh sorry beyond meat is who we talk to Mm -hmm. and and they so they're they're appreciative of everyone in the space because the larger that vertical gets of plant-based burgers and the more accepted it gets the bigger their brands become yeah, and I think both have been doing a great job beyond with their outreach and Impossible with their actual replication of pure beef. Yep. I think Impossible has the best version of a plant-based burger that actually tastes like a real burger out of anybody out there. And that's having tried Impossible beyond and everybody else. So what's crazy is I did not expect the biggest plant-based food news this year to come from Sonic. Yeah, Sonic that was driving. So one. it's not an entirely plant-based initiative, no. but they have this new burger that's half shrooms, half mushrooms, twenty-five percent, twenty-five percent. So it brings up this really interesting conversation of what's it called? A blenditarian? <laughs> yeah, blenditarian is the name of like the style. So to go the into lifestyle this, where a you little don't, bit, yeah. yeah, a blenditarian is literally someone who blends their burger patties with mushrooms. This mm. is a a movement, a trend, a following that has begun to spring up in the culinary industry, like in the world of chefs, over the past few years. Is this specifically mushrooms? Is the idea of a blenditarian specifically to blend meat with mushrooms or specifically to blend uh, meat-based protein with something else so we can, over time, transition into more plant-based? So, no, it's not to transition into plant-based for most of these guys. For most of them, they want to go into mushrooms because they can reduce cost by yeah, having the same amount of flavor. And oh, they wow. can also lower nutrition. So I mean better than nutrition. Yeah, better than nutrition is better than I mean. nutrition, lower your ecological footprint in terms exactly. of like because mushrooms are like a super sustainable plant. You could literally make anything out of mushrooms. Like, exactly. And we all love the umami that mushrooms bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And actually studies have shown that if you mix mushrooms and beef, 50-50, mm-hmm. some, like a significant proportion of people will actually think it's tastier than plain ground beef. No way. Yeah. This was a study done, I think, six years ago, joint study between the Culinary Institute of America. And the Mushroom Institute of America. <laughs> <laughs> That's, those are the two people that decided on this. Nah, UC, fake news. UC Davis did okay. the study. So fake news. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me say that because... Costa has an affinity towards UC Davis. Hey, it's my alma mater. Shout there out. There you go. No, anyway, touche. Yeah, but yeah, so they found mushrooms and beef are this awesome flavor combo already. You think about it. When you go to a steak restaurant, what's one of the most common sides that you'll get or that you'll see there? Got a nice little mushroom glaze. It's exactly. Beautiful. Mushroom sauce, mushroom, something like that. So sure. It's this natural pairing that works so well. Sonic decided to keep an eye on it, look at it, see how it goes. And now this past couple of weeks... They decided to drop the news that they're testing out this blended burger patty. And so there's Sonic is weird, man. Mm-hmm. Like the same place that puts cheesecakes into a smoothie or like, and like <laughs> Yeah, or like nerds inside of a 
drink. Yeah, like, it's a drive. It's a yeah. drive-in with two like really fun. Like their whole commercial is like these two like, clueless guys that come and eat hot dogs wrapped in onion rings and just like say mm-hmm. really bad punny jokes. Yeah, exactly. Like, great commercials. This is all. This is all love actually <laughs> towards Sonic because I think no. that shit's hilarious. But you wouldn't expect Sonic to be the chain that's putting mushrooms. No, into their not burgers, especially right? not Sonic. Yeah, I wish no we, should, we should try this actually on a live stream later. Mm-hmm. I think we should. So we will hopefully we'll be able to try it. Sonic has not revealed which markets they're going to test. Oh, so it's not first. everywhere yet. No. Well, no. This is something just unveiled in New York. In August, it'll drop for 60 days in select test markets across the nation. They haven't revealed which ones yet, so Mm. I'm going to be tracking around in August to see exactly where it is. But if that test is successful, then they will do a nationwide launch at some later point. There we go. There we go. You sound make it sound like a nuclear launch. Yeah. And the cool thing is it's Sonic is going to be looking at these tests to see whether they do it. They're not the only fast food chain looking at it. Who? McDonald's. What's McDonald's doing? McDonald's is looking at it. So McDonald's was They're looking at, at this it from a distance. They didn't do anything, bro. Sonic came in and was put their nuts on the table. Like they we're gonna, did, and McDonald's you looked at? at it. They were at the same summit when Sonic dropped the burgers, and their R and D chef, like one of their presidents of innovation, mm-hmm. was like, "We are going to be following Sonic to see how they do and to see whether we will do this ourselves as well." Damn. Okay, so, so they're letting Sonic him go onto like, the battlefield first. Sonic's like the trailblazer here. They're here okay. to clear the path for everybody else. So this is like kind of a preference of opinion, though. We're continuing that like plant-based meats or whatever. Um, I'm wondering because I had a uh, vegetarian burger at uh, Umami Burger. How'd you like it? I had so the one I had a couple years ago was made from black beans, mm-hmm. and mm. it was literally tasted like meat. It like straight up tasted like. You thought they're black. I've had that one. It's a good burger. It's not a. Per- it's it's great, but it did not taste like meat to me. It well, the one I got, I don't know if it was like burnt or something like that. That shit tasted like beef. They like, probably gave it you was a good. Beef burger. Like, yeah, it was. Really, I don't know what you said. I was talking. So, uh, <laughs> I said they probably gave you a beef burger. Oh no, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was black beans, but it was really good. They're like, yo, that's that fuego over there. You gave him the beef burger. I didn't had. I didn't think I even had uh, Instagram at the time when I ate it. But yeah, that's pre all your fame or what? Follow me, pre fame. That's that. That's that fuego. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the fourth plug that. He yeah, yeah we're gonna in. bleep. He's gonna have four bleeps in this thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, okay, but so so, what do you think, Costa? Do you think a mushroom is a more sustainable thing to add to beef than you know just making all outright like black bean patties or something like that? That's a tough question. To me, in the short run, no. Because black beans, you know, having it all vegetables is definitely more sustainable, helps with, uh, you know, conserve water better, helps reduce land better. However, by, you know, slowly incorporating mushrooms into beef, you're also taking chunks out of that supply and slowing down this kind of cycle or this spiral we're in, which is going to probably mean we can't produce beef anymore yeah within the next three to four decades so you're saying mushrooms are going to save the beef industry i'm saying mushrooms have a good chance to save the beef industry it's realistically a more sustainable thing it's so like yeah, i agree with you. Yeah. it's not an immediately sustainable thing but if you fuck with like your heavy meat eaters your heavy steak guys like they're more apt to try something with mushrooms in it than they are with like black bean exactly or and i think impossible and beyond they are specifically designed their target audience is not vegans their target audience is meat eaters. Impossible and Beyond are these long-term solutions as well because they do cut down on all these other things. Yeah. So I think when we do eventually run out of beef, and that's a when, not an if, when we do eventually run out of beef, it's going to be Impossible and Beyond that we turn to for these basically solutions to have burgers since we can't literally have them anymore. Now, when I say like run out of beef production, it's not like, Oh, beef will be wiped off the face of the earth forever. No more cows, things like that. Sure. Beef is just going to become so expensive. It's going to be the high end food of kings and royalty that it once was in like, you know, the dark ages. So that's what I'll be eating. That's pretty, that's pretty high end. Yeah. I mean, Ev, Ev's going to have to throw us scraps is what you're saying. Yeah. With that, with that, that fuego money, that's crazy. (laughs) Y'all are lucky enough. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. So are we on a consensus that plant-based foods is going to only grow in notoriety and, and necessity? Yeah. 
it's it's still a trend, and I think it's only going to get even bigger and better in the next few years. And it's a good trend, I feel. I think, I feel yeah, like, yeah. I think all the things on our list so far, the idea of substituting meat once a week, twice a week, and that's what I initially thought blenditarian was. I think it's the same thought I had of those folks that do flexible dieting or flexitarian flex a flexitarian where you know whatever they're doing seven days a week they try to cut back on it a couple days a week to to slowly get into a groove that's sustainable for their own lifestyle okay so plant-based foods a trend purple foods earlier this year you said ube was huge where do we fall on that i said ube some other purple ingredients purple cabbage it was something that's new it's more colorful it's going to attract people uh to eat food Oh man, like I didn't expect it to get to the level that it did. I thought it was gonna be these nice, awesome purple veggie ingredients that you know make plates look awesome and astonishing. Instead, we got unicorn and galaxy food. Yeah, yeah so they're connected, right? So ube, mm-hmm. we thought it was specifically ube, right? So uh, yeah. it was incorporated in a lot of like Filipino style desserts, mm-hmm. but now it is kind of transitioned, and you see really heavy hues of purple. In the unicorn frap, like you're talking about, yeah. and then the cotton candy burrito that mm-hmm. we just published is has a lot of purple hue. So purple is a special color, right? Now. Yeah, and you see, you know, there's galaxy trend, unicorn food, rainbow mm. food, all these other you know colorful Instagram trends. You're seeing a lot of purple go throughout those because it's actually a pretty easy color to do because you can either do red and blue color together, sure, or there's you know purple coloring that's pretty easy to get. So purple, purple, mm-hmm. purple. Yep. I don't even think we need to go deeper on that. I don't think we need to. Yo, I, think. I mean, mm-hmm. like purple yeah. drink. Like, I mean, it's purple already drink. It's already it's in the, the streets, bruh. Like, you so know what? Yeah, it's on the high end affinity and yeah. in the streets. Yeah, yeah. It's so. talking to the gutter. It's talking to us right yep. now. Yeah. So purple food. I'm down to say trend. What about rolled ice cream? Where? And the flying fuck did that come from? That popped up last year, like middle end of last year. Almost Huge. out of nowhere. We were like, oh my gosh, Taiwan's ice cream rolls. This is something that's been in Taiwan, I'm pretty sure, for you know a while. It's and like a Taiwanese street food. It's fun watching. So if you guys aren't familiar, uh, this, this idea of, of, of rolled ice cream is where someone will pour uh, the, the milk substance that, that creates the ice cream and they pour it on this freezing... Uh, like a half dome, for example. Yeah. And it's this, imagine like a reverse skillet and they roll the ice cream and it freezes into place and then they roll it into rolls of ice cream. Very little thin sheets. of ice cream. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. And or it's like little fruit roll-ups of ice cream. And right. it's extremely fun to watch being made. It's very satiating. Mm-hmm. It's very satisfying. And then colors. I'm seeing a lot of purple. Lots of popping like, colors, yeah, yeah. It's crazy purple. So, yeah. Entire restaurants are based out of it now. In Southern California and in New York, there's rolled ice cream joints. That's Just all like they do. Everywhere. And you're seeing it in all different forms now, too. It's like in rolled ice cream burritos, rolled ice cream tacos. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Quick update. Uh, 75% done with this Four loco. How you feeling? Feeling pretty, pretty Four Loco-y. I feel pretty, pretty sloshy right now. The like, level of... Weed edible sloshy or no 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 those weed edibles should never be eaten by anyone ever. If you haven't listened to that podcast, that's a fun one. Go to the High at Chuck E. Cheese podcast. That's one of my favorites outside of this one. Anyways, so rolled ice cream is huge. Let's segue in ice cream though. What the fuck is going on with Halo Top? They have kind Everywhere. of exploded onto the scene this year. Everywhere. I was in Walmart uh, yesterday. Okay, full disclosure, we have done campaigns with Halo Top. This is mm-hmm. not a pay, this is not part of the campaign. It's just yeah. on everyone's radar right now. I went to Walmart yesterday, which is the biggest retailer on planet Earth. And I go there and in the freezer section, there's a full section of Haagen-Dazs, there's a full section of like Ben and & Jerry's and then the area where Halo Top is is gone. There's like one or two left in the freezer section. Like people are going like Walmart clientele is eating up Halo Top. Why why are they doing that? I think, you know, people are looking for healthier alternatives to things and Halo Top is kind of a company that markets itself, oh, we're still this indulgence that mm-hmm. you love, but we're healthier and we have these other benefits for you. So you should have us 
over the other guys. And people, I think, resonate with that. You know, you can have, I can have my cake and eat it too. Of course, I'm going to try that over something else. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, sorry to cut you off. Go Eli. for it. I, uh, I have a friend that works for the New York Post, and one of the first stories she wrote about it um, was talking to, she put out a thing on her Facebook asking people that hated Halo Top to come forward and express <laughs> why they hated Halo Top. And I was reading her Facebook comments and I, I felt kind of bad for her because all the responses were like, sorry, I love it. Like, I don't know what else. Like, I found, like, I love this flavor. I love that fa- flavor. So I was like, oh, man, like, I feel like people are super accepting of it when, like, a couple years ago, low-calorie ice cream would have been just like a, a joke. Like, oh, like. Because normal low-calorie ice cream is trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. Like, it's basically ice. Right. Like, with, I mean, if you're going to take out all of the good things about ice cream that make it that creamy, delicious texture, you're going to lose because no one's going to want to eat that. Well, because they still use dairy. It's still a dairy-based ice cream. It is. Which is, and they, but it is weird how well this ice cream does, and they put the calories on the front. Like, it's part of their logo. I mean, that's like a bit of honesty and transparency. It's like, straight up, this is the amount of calories you're going to get if you eat a pint of our ice cream. Just be prepared to know that. Everyone else, it's like, oh, let me go find a nutrition label and let's see how many calories are there. And then let me calculate, you know, multiply by the number of servings if I'm going to eat the whole pint. Do they only sell it in the pint? They only sell in the pint. I think that's kind of brilliant. Yo, that's mm-hmm. like actually cool because like every time, like I'll buy whatever, what is a gallon of ice cream? Sure. It's like the regular one. <laughs> What's the regular size? Like for you, apparently it's a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> you buy, I know which one you're talking about. It's like the clear gallon. No, no, no. With not like with the, the handle. Swirl. Just like the regular, Yo, like all of Evan's ice cream purchases involve a handle. <laughs> <laughs> This, dude's bo- this dude borrows his friend's pickup truck every time he gets ice cream. Yo, load, uh, no, I just go to That's 31 Flavors and pick the like the big boy up. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so talk to us about your ice cream problem. Well, like I'll get the whatever it is. I don't know what size it is, dog. You gotta... <laughs> hey, Mark, turn my gallon. mic all the way down. Just turn it all the way down right now. Um, well, whatever it is, like I'm always mowing through it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just <laughs> mow through it. <laughs> so, I got this, like, Tolomook, uh Oregon strawberry ice cream at the pad right now. Yo, Yo. I'm just thinking about it like that porn he wants to go Dude, home and watch. Hey, like, I can't wait. I'm serious. Like, I have an I intimate home. relationship with this strawberry ice cream. And I know I'm eating way too much of it, but I know if it just came in like a pint, I would mow through it in like a day. So at least at least Halo Top is like letting people know like, yo, these are the calories that you're about to get in an hour after you finish this. Like, I would just eat the whole thing. So it has an emotional connection because they realized, I feel, that most people mow through the pint. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. What, what kind of insane, psychotic human being only eats... A, a couple scoops a scoop. of 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 out of a pint. You finish it. You are Costa, Costa put your hand, hand down. <laughs> put your hand. This is in a classroom, and I know you mow through the pint like the rest of us. Uh, but yeah, that's funny because there is. I think maybe that's why Halo Top is successful because there is such an emotional connection to ice cream, and you've, we've all seen the memes. Our girlfriends have made the joke where. Oh my god, I got broken up or awful day at work, and then they just they do what Evan does and they mow through the ice Get cream. Get the whole thing to the bottom. But like and you even know, eat the ice cream off the lid. You know, you guys they gotta yeah, oh, do Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. and they're they're telling you on the cover that it's okay. Maybe it's like an individual thing. Maybe it's because like, oh, I'm gonna get this pint, like you're four loco right now. Like sure. I'm the only one that's gonna eat it. You know what I mean? Like What are you saying? I'm a drunk? Right now, maybe? I'm literally the only one <laughs> drinking right now. Yeah, well, uh, I drove yeah, I think, to work. You know, that gives it a little more of a personal experience, just having that pint. But also, it's like, oh, it's healthy. I don't feel as bad, you know, eating this whole entire thing of ice cream because I know it's healthy for me. It has X amount of calories, you know. And mad protein. Like, you can hit the gym after. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, Halo Top, I think, is a trend. Like, it just hit all the major retailers, all the people that, like, it was very cultish at first. People right. were like, oh, this is really so good. Have would you tried you say, it? would you be as bold to say that Halo Top is the next big ice cream brand? Sure. 
All right. I would say that. I'm I would with say that. that. I don't see anyone else in the category. I mean, I've had I've had Arctic Zero and Low Key. Like I take their money if they gave it to us, but it's 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 not it's it's not achieving what Halo Top. It's is not achieving. at the level Halo Top is. Arctic is still too icy. Is is very icy. Which like if they're gonna own being an icy, healthy ice cream, that's fine. Own that. Uh-huh. But I don't think they're owning that just yeah. yet. I will admit Arctic. You know they do branch out a little more. They do like the. What you call it? The chocolate covered or the sure. cake batter covered popsicles and things like that. And the cake batter popsicle I had from Arctic Zero is one of the best, you know, light ice creams okay. that I've ever had. Okay. But again, Halo Top just has that superior quality. I think this is the season in the next couple of years of the the healthy alternatives actually being equivalent to the original. So like uh, I think it's Len and Larry's cookies. They're like this protein cookie. It's a f- amazing cookie and it doesn't have the tinge of a protein uh, accessory. Like you know, like when you first tasted like your first Quest bar right, or your right, first right, right, like. Yeah. It's you know it's good for you esque, but it's you know you're like it has that aftertaste it of like it doesn't have like the overload of sugar that just makes you think it's delicious. It's the sugar substitute that they use, yeah. which is like supposedly organic, but it's not the same. And I think with Halo Top, with your Len and Larry's cookies, and, and that whole new genre of health substitute that's just as good as the original. I think that's the season we're looking at, and I'm I'm really excited to see the brands that come out of that. I'm I'm excited to see the next Halo Top for burritos and the next Halo Top for the other things that are really accessible in the supermarket. That's what I'm that's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm excited for Halo Top to start taking over the freezer aisle, so we could see other people bring in more shit in the freezer aisle, like your what Amy's did. For frozen food. For frozen meals, right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, for frozen meals, we're like, oh, I can actually have like an all-organic frozen. And Amy's has a great story. Um, if you don't know mm-hmm. it, look it up. I would butcher it right now. But um, I- I'd like to see more of that because we're always going to want things faster and more easy and at a cheaper price. And I think people are getting smarter and being able to do that. That's what Halo Top's doing. That's what Amy's did. Amy's is now like the ambassador, the owner of that frozen food section um, for, for quality frozen meals. Yep. Um, okay. L- next. Korean-inspired foods. Right. Asian food in general. Asian food has always been something. One of the trends that I touched on is that people want more authentic, more of the real deal. And actually, when I did this for 2017 for my piece, I was like, it's going to be Japanese food, authentic Japanese food. Mm. It's on the rise. And I think over the past few months, that trend saying Japanese is not right from what okay. I've seen. So I you, your, your initial thought was it was going to skew more Japanese as like the next like uh, ethnic affinity that we'd grow towards as like an American society. And I think it's still growing, but it's not in that limelight spot that I would give it. You know, mm. like... It's Japanese foods, time to shine. Everyone's going to start going mm. away from teriyaki and into more real traditional Japanese food. Sure. It's not what I've seen happening. Instead, there's been another Asian cuisine that I've seen. Kind Filipino of like, food. Yeah. Filipino, Filipino food, food has been on the rise. It's why, why, why is Filipino food so cracking right now? Man, a, we have not a Filipino in the room, and we're going to talk about that. I know. We wait until Reach left, and then... <laughs> yeah, we need to reach in here. Reach, you know, I did a piece on Filipino food being this next big feature. Actually, it was Anthony Bourdain who went on CNN mm-hmm. and said this. He said, Filipino food is, you know, poised and ready to take over. And specifically, he mentioned sisig, which is like this sautéed pork, and, you know, it's done in a sizzling dish with... All of these amazing spices, vegetables, and topped with an egg. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, it's pig head and liver, but you see it here with like pork belly or pork shoulder in a lot of Filipino restaurants here in the United States. Do you th- what do you think of Filipino food, Ev? Have you had I Filipino mean, food? honestly, um, the first introduction I had to it when we had that huge uh, Hamayan feast, Hamayan Hamayan feast? Yeah. At, yeah, yeah. at the Board Street Market, and... Pretty much, that was my introduction. Reach has kind of turned me on uh, to that particular style of food. But I think overall, maybe America, their taste buds are just 
changing at this point right now and they're more accepting of trying uh different cultural foods i know um as like more as as i you know live in this foodie realm more and more i'm i'm more interested to experience flavors of different nationalities and stuff like that so maybe it's just like a a a sign of the times you know we have to shout out korean food and the idea of a korean barbecue as a good uh, segue. segue into us being more culturally aware and open to other foods from Asian from Asian cultures. I like here, so. I think a full understanding and a full realization of Korean food, more specifically Korean barbecue, has come about in this country. And now that we've all come to embrace it and love it, I think it's all right. We've you know come to enjoy Korean food. What else is out there? In Asian cuisine that we've been missing, and I Korean think- barbecue segued into uh, everything from Korean barbecue, where you eat and where you, they bring you the meats, it's marinated in, in, in Korean spices, and then you have your kimchi, and you're getting to try all these things, and you're eating it in a group environment, right? You're like throwing it all on the same grill, everyone's poking at the same things, and then uh, that's very that's very picturesque to like a kamaya meal, which is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, an entire meal slapped on a table on top of banana leaves and rice and it's you eat with your hands it's yep. very primal yep. it's very communal yep. I think we owe I, I don't think Filipinos owe Koreans anything I think Americans who are trying to explore new cuisines may owe Korean barbecue the light for a little bit and now just because I don't want to share on Korean barbecue like it segued a lot of like my white friends and us into like there was a time where I thought Korean barbecue was it. I thought this is amazing, right? right? I don't go to Korean barbecue anymore. Right. I think mm-hmm. it segued me into like enjoying Korean food. I like to go to a Korean restaurant where I get to try other things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's always a thing. You have something that draws you in, and then you want to go and explore the rest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I have a really good quote here from Reach. Okay, that talks about Filipino food specifically. Reach is our food beast managing editor. If you yeah. guys aren't familiar, so he gave me this really awesome quote as to why. Filipino food has the spotlight right now. Why okay, what does Reach say? Ready? So I'm going to just sum up his quote. Okay. So Filipino food has always been around, mm-hmm. but social media, people like Bourdain, Andrew Zimmern, have made, given it this awareness mm-hmm. that's brought Filipino food kind of into this prominent platform. And it's, you know, that also with first-generation Filipino-Americans sort of riding this wave of food being so diverse, creative, taking the influences, the taste they grew up with, putting their own spin on it mm-hmm. to really give Filipino food this whole diverse light. And they are the new restaurateurs that are popping up. So instead of the immigrant Filipino mom and pop food joints that we all, that Filipino Americans grew up eating at, you have this diversity and creativity to Filipino food that you may not have had before and with social media around you now have the technology to leverage that and to get exposed and i think between all of that and this attention from you know bourdain zimmer all these other famous people to filipino food Mm -hmm. that's one of the big reasons why you're seeing the culture and the trend of filipino food becoming such a thing yep damn Uh, yeah and our facebook uh and our foodies video on a huge uh, Kamayan feast got like three million views. So people are interested in the idea of communal eating. People are interested in the idea of Filipino food being their next frontier. Um, and I think I think that's that's special. So outside of all those trends, what are you looking forward to this year? Ooh, what's the next six months look like? And we gotta predict some of the next trends. What's up? What's coming? Culinary world, I think. We're going to see Blenditarian, thanks to Sonic, getting a lot more of a spotlight, specifically mushroom-related burgers. Mm-hmm. If Sonic does well, you'll have McDonald's doing it. You'll have a bunch of other burger chains doing it. It's going to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. That's going to be one of the food trends I predict. The other one, this one is focused specifically on eggs. There's a certain style of egg that's been gaining a lot of traction in the culinary world called a salt-cured egg yolk. A salt-cured egg yolk? It is the most delicious thing ever. You can grate it like Parmesan over food, and it's just oh, amazing. Oh, so it's like a solid egg yolk that you grate? Mm-hmm. How do you create that? What do you do to do that? It's like a complex process that involves a lot of salt-based drying and mm. a little bit of oven time as well. 
So you're not hard boiling it. You're like soft boiling the yolk. No, and you're then dehydrating you... the yolk first. And then you let it set through heat. And it turns into this really delicious, solid, gradable product that, oh man, it's unlike anything else. That's you have some, to try it. That's some Bill Nye shit. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Okay. Ev, what are, you, what are you looking forward to the rest of this year? Um, I don't know. I feel like, um, like kind of following the trend of Zima, I feel like they're going to maybe like start bringing back like old stuff. I feel like there's like this nostalgia factor, uh, out there in like, like food and beverage. Um, so Sizzler's making a comeback. Maybe Sizzler, uh, hometown buffet. Hometown buffet. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I'm, I'm excited to see where it is. I mean, like Filipino food is obviously on the rise. Um, I feel like ice cream is kind of going on the rise with like low calorie stuff. Um, Everything I feel like is being tweaked just a little bit. Like uh, we see low calorie stuff that kind of falls into the the realm of plant based foods that are a little healthier, a uh, little more health conscious. I would say so. I feel like, um, you know, I I would have to agree with Kosa on most of the stuff he said. Um, eggs obviously are always like a staple in diets. So I mean, there's a million ways you can cook them. So yeah, watch out for eggs. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think those are some pretty uh, pasta. I feel like, uh, I had some incredible, uh, beet spaghetti with goat cheese from Cento pasta bar. And that was like the most amazing thing I've ate all year. So I'd like to see more, uh, inventive pasta dishes come out. Do you think Italian food is over the next like six to 12 months will be less bastardized and more appreciated? Cause right now for us at Food Beast, we only see Italian food through like a bastard lens. We see like a huge fucking slice of pizza that's the size of a human. Human. Yeah. We see like lasagna that's not lasagna. It's but it's lasagna stuffed with burgers and fries. Yeah. Or it's made from Taco Bell. Or like Bell. pizzas with cheeseburgers on them. Right. Yeah. So like we're not seeing really inventive but appreciative Italian dishes right. or Italian cuisine. Could that be the next, like, we've really, as an American culture, dumbed dove, down. Well, we've dove deep into, like, Asian cuisine. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. we've really explored Asian cuisine, I feel. And French cuisine is something that is, is fun and being appreciated right now as well, and it's more authentic term. But I feel like Italian is kind of... Even more than on the fringe, it's like out of the box entirely. And people are, there's either Italian food as like white tablecloth or mm-hmm. Italian food as bastardized internet food. And it's, people won't even associate pizza with Italian right. food. Yeah. Right. So I think that is, I'm curious what happens there. I have no predictions. But I'm not sure what happened there. Speaking of cuisines <laughs> though, that, you know, are going to begin to rise. Um, going back to Filipino food really fast, there's a fast food chain specifically from the Philippines called Jollibee. Jollibee. Yeah. And as, as you had Jollibee? Dude, I had, my jo- I had Jollibee for the first time. Shout out to Reach for bringing it to me last Friday. Did you like it, though? I loved it. What did you have? So I had um, French fries and fried chicken okay. with gravy. Okay. And they have this amazing gravy, dude. I would yeah. shoot that shit into my vein. That gravy is literally <laughs> one of the best sauces ever. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and I mean... That's like, I feel like that's totally, I'm wrong when I say this, but that's totally not Filipino food right. in, the, in my lens. Like, it's like someone eating McDonald's, but like, yo, American food is like, <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah. <laughs> that's not it. Yeah. yeah but, so, yeah. but yeah, it, it was like um, some of the best fried chicken I've ever had. It's not overly fried. Like, um, it's pretty juicy. Yeah. It's very yeah. juicy. The, I mean, uh, th- what's also interesting to me about Jollibee is like they have spaghetti. And they serve spaghetti, and it's, like, pretty good. I had a bite of Izzy's, and it's, like, decent spaghetti. Well, the spaghetti was kind of pissy. I don't really like the spaghetti. Yeah. I thought the fried chicken was, like, fucking better than KFC. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure better than KFC. Awesome. For sure. But yeah. I think as Filipino food continues to spread, I think Jollibee, who has a few locations in California. Oh, they have. They're everywhere. They're, like, an international chain. They're yeah, growing. but I think they're going to expand in the United States as Filipino food continues to rise. So I would be on the lookout for them. And another cuisine that I would look out at based on food shows that I've been to, seeing what's on the rise, look out for African food. Um, yeah, Mark and I were just talking about one is some Ethiopian food. And I have a lot yeah, of Ethiopian I friends. Ethiopia, and they have not put us on. Ethiopian food is one that 
you see a lot more common. I think we're going to become a lot more aware specifically towards Ethiopian food in the beginning. Mm. But I think, you know, we don't understand a lot about African food in the United States. And that's from any country with maybe the exception of Egypt, possibly. But we don't really understand, Mm. you know, African food at all. So I think that's going to be something as we as foodies look to what we don't understand. And there are companies now bringing in African ingredients and African spices and flavors. So yeah, look out for that. All right. African food Mm -hmm. in 2017. There we go. All right, guys. That's it for the catch-up podcast today. Thank you so much for listening, per Wait, usual. One more update. Did you finish the whole thing? Did I finish the whole thing? Did Damn you finish the whole four loco? Oh, shit. Yes, I did. Hold All on. All right. All right. <laughs> you got to finish the four loco. All right. That's it, guys. I just finished the four loco. <laughs> That's the sound your of midday blue. drunkenness. Blue, is my tongue blue? Your tongue's yeah, blue. Yeah, fucking neon blue. Yeah, your, your mouth is Fuck. blue. It looks like you drank blue wine or something. Me. Well, that's that's uh, that's your guys' payoff at the end. Anyways, thank you for watching the catch up. Thank you, Evan. Thank you, Costa. And they're both cringing looking at my blue tongue. <laughs> I just cringe when I look at you, period. Damn it. Ooh. Okay, guys. Uh, please leave a comment on the iTunes store and SoundCloud if you're listening there. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>